Grace and peace to you in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a time in my life, particularly when I was a child, where I absolutely hated school. Couldn't stand it. I didn't want to learn science, didn't want to learn math, didn't want to learn English. The only thing that I was concerned with was learning to play baseball. My dreams did not consist of being a great student, didn't consist of being a pastor. My dreams consisted of standing in front of 40,000 people every night, hitting game-winning home runs at Dodger Stadium. I was absolutely convinced that was what I was going to do. And I recall one time uh, speaking with someone who was pressing me toward uh, trying to do better in school, and I remember telling them very matter-of-factly, look, I've got, I've got bigger things I want to accomplish in life than, than school. I've got bigger things I want to do than become a great student. I'm going to play Major League Baseball someday. And so really, in my head, I had this idea that I was going to be the next great home run hitter, the next great pitcher, whatever. Anything but school, and everything was focused on baseball. Well, something happened uh, when I was uh, uh, in my junior high years. I stopped growing. And so I've been five foot eight for uh, going on 20 years now. In addition to that, I reached a point where I couldn't hit a curveball. And then in, uh, in between my junior and senior year, I had uh, the small arm injury. It wasn't really an injury. My arm just went dead. And so as a result of that, I never ended up realizing my dream. Kind of a funny aside, I did try out for the Reds a year after, and uh, It was as a pitcher, and the scout said, well, you're a good pitcher, but we like our pitchers to get their fastballs to the plate on the same day they're thrown. So at that point, I pretty much saw the writing on the wall. I knew I was done as a baseball player. Well, the problem is, in my heart, I didn't stop being a baseball player. In reality, I wasn't a baseball player. I haven't picked up a baseball bat or thrown a baseball in competition in uh, 17, 18 years now. But in my heart, I was a baseball player, and it took a long time for my identity to accept reality. Well, it was about, I don't know, I guess six or seven years ago, right after we found out that we were going to be having Evan, well, it was long, my goodness, it's been longer than that now. It was eight or nine years ago, right after we found out we were going to be having Evan, that suddenly it clicked for me that that 2.1 GPA I graduated with in high school, and I will point out that that .1 GPA was hard fought. I did everything I could to earn that .1. But that 2.1, I realized, it's not going to take me very far in life. And all of a sudden, I got it. I got the education bug. I wanted to go back to school, and it wasn't just enough that I went back to school and got my degree. All of a sudden, I had to be the absolute best at whatever class I was taking, at least for my best. And I guess in that sense, maybe the sports that I played kind of created a competitive edge for school as well. I needed to be the absolute best at what I could be. And so over time, I've gone from being this kid who couldn't care a bit about education to someone who's absolutely passionate about the role of education, both inside the church and outside the church. Now, there are really two kinds of educating, aren't there? Most of us recognize this intuitively. There's formal, there's formal education, 
This is what we would think of as sitting inside the school, sending our kids to the public school system or private schools or wherever they go. And then there's informal education, those things that we pick up not in a formal classroom setting, but we just pick up over the course of uh, whatever it is that we're doing. It could be something, you know, picking up tips on how to be a better parent or picking up tips on how to be better at what we do in our jobs. So we're always learning. There's never a time that we ever get to say, up, oh, done learning, I'm finished. Whether we're a physician, a plumber, a pastor, a student, an educator, a parent, a son, a father, a mother, whatever it is, whatever your role is, you never stop learning. It's when people start to think, I've got it figured, either one, I've got it all figured out, or number two, They start to think that they can't expand in their learning, that they can't grow in their learning, that they really begin to kind of emotionally or spiritually die. You know, I'm engaged in some prison ministry work, and one of the things that is most vital is that you learn to teach people who are in these scenarios that they can be more than they already are. Because the way that they tend to think of themselves is a set quantity or a set entity. This is who I am. I can't break out of it. I have no chance of breaking out of it. So I might as well just accept it. Well, one of the things that you try to do is begin to get them to see a difference in their identity. You're not whatever it is you've done in the past. You are. You have the possibility of being this, whatever it is, however their skills match up to that. Now, they're going to continue to learn one way or the other. We're all going to continue to learn. So if you have a convict, a convict can continue to learn how to be a better convict, or that convict can have their energies diverted to something else. It's a bit of a tangent, but what I'm getting at is our willingness to learn and grow is what allows us to become who God has created us to be. If we submit ourselves to the learning process, if we actively engage in it, and decide we're going to embrace it, we become a more holistic people. I think of the exercise class that Hyla teaches right now on uh, Tuesday evenings, and then we have the fitness, uh, or the nutrition class right after that. You know, that's just one way that as a church we can affirm the reality that people are to continue growing. You might be a really good parent, you might be really good at your job, but there are other things that we can do as a people of God to become more holistic. So maybe you're out of shape, so you come to a fitness class. Maybe you're not eating right, so you come to the nutrition class. Whatever it is, and it doesn't just have to be that, whatever it is that you're doing to expand, to grow, those are the things that God uses to make us more holistic people. God uses formal and informal education to shape his people. And today's uh, epistle lesson in Colossians 3 really gets to the heart of that. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. When we come together as a group of people in the church, whether it be for Sunday morning worship, formal Sunday morning worship, whether it be in Sunday school, whether it be in the fitness class, whether it be in choir, no matter what it is, we should be doing it with a spirit of teaching one another, building one another up, admonishing when necessary, so that we can become a more full people of God, a more holistic people of God. Just as we have to be educated 
in sciences, arts, vocational pursuits. As Christians, we have to commit ourselves to educating each other in matters of faith. And that can take a lot of different forms. But we do have to be committed to education in the church. We don't have another mechanism. The only mechanism we have is education for transmitting our faith to our children. I was thinking about it this week. Imagine for a second that you have a child or you have a grandchild. You're sending this child to school every single day and you begin to notice by the end of the school year that this child doesn't know anything more in any of the subjects than he or she knew when, when the school year began. So you set up a conference with a teacher and you're talking to the teacher and you're asking questions. Is my child paying attention? Are there any behavioral issues? Uh, what, what's the problem? And the, the teacher says, no, your, your child's doing fine. There's nothing wrong with your child. Well, you know, okay, then tell me about the curriculum. What's the problem with the curriculum? Imagine if the teacher said, well, we, we don't have a curriculum. I mean, we never open a book. We never actually do anything. We, we talk very vaguely or kind of in a basic way about the subject, but we don't dig in or go deep with it, what would your reaction be? Well, your reaction would probably be, I have to get my kid out of this school, or at the very least, out of this classroom, because my child isn't being fed. My child's not being prepared to live as a productive citizen of this, uh, of this area. My child's not being prepared with the building blocks that he or she is going to need in order to move on and be successful in life. Well, it's amazing to me that as Christians, we recognize this intuitively about sending our kids to school. We recognize, we value their education, the arts, the sciences, and their vocational pursuits, whatever it may be. But we're so willing to just kind of take that attitude. We're not willing to extend that attitude to the education of our kids in a Christian context. So we've got kids who are educated in math, we have kids that know science and English, but they know almost nothing about the scriptures, and they know almost nothing about their faith. So when they get out of the comfy confines of the church, after they're 18 years old, they go off to college, they go off somewhere, they're not prepared to engage in a world that's hostile to their faith. And there is hostility toward the faith on secular education campuses at public universities. I don't think anybody would be surprised by that statement. And so our question as a church has to be, are we setting our kids up for success or for failure in their Christian faith? We have a responsibility. This church, Corden United Methodist Church, has a responsibility, a sacred responsibility to educate one another and our children. We cannot as a church neglect the Christian education of our children. Now, there are two means of education in a child's life. The first and the absolute most important means of education doesn't come from this church. It comes from parents. Parents, you need to be in God's word every single day with your children. And you need to be praying with your children every single day. In today's Old Testament lesson we read, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you were at home and when you were away, when you lie down and when you rise. Parents, you have your children seven days a week. This church has your children at most two or three days a week, and then for a very limited period of time. 
St. John Chrysostom, he was a 5th century theologian. He used to refer to the home as a little church. Everything you and your family need for your sanctification is right there at home. You have all the relationships you need. You have the father, son, uh, the father, child, mother, child, spousal relationships. And in that, God will work to sanctify you. We cannot neglect as parents the responsibility that we have, the consistent witness opportunity that we have to raise our children in the faith. Your home is a classroom. Your home is teaching your children about what it means to live as Christians in a secular world. Make your home a haven. A haven, a little church, a place where your kids can go for sanctuary from the things that are out there that are affecting them and leading them to live in an unchristian way. Now, so parents are the largest portion of raising up Christian children. Second, the church. We have a responsibility to transmitting God's word into the hearts of the kids that are in this church. We need to be committed to giving God's word to our children. We have 18 years, one or two days a week, and that's not a lot of time. We have to make every effort to prepare these children for the lives that they're going to lead when they're out of their parents' house. We have to make every effort to give our children Christ. Every effort to give our children Christ. It's our job to prepare each other as a family of God to give our children the word of God, to plant the seed of faith into their hearts so that they have a life of relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know most of the people in this church, I know none of the people in this church want to see a scenario where our kids come here faithfully for 18 years because their parents are bringing them and then as soon as they're responsible for their own lives, they're out the door and you never see them darken the shadow of a church again. But it happens a lot because we don't prepare our kids to live as Christians. And so they become overcome by the things of the world. They don't have the seed of Christ planted into their hearts. We can't let that happen at this church. And we're not going to let that happen at this church. If a child leaves the church, it's not, because, it's not going to be because we haven't done our jobs here. We are the teaching ministry of Jesus. Now Jesus had three uninterrupted years with his apostles. He called them, he showed them who he is, and then he sent them to do the teaching. We read about this in today's gospel lesson. We have to use our time to educate our children and each other for the salvation of each other and the world. Now, I am extremely excited. I'm excited to be the pastor of Corden United Methodist Church. And I'm excited because I sense the excitement of all of you. There are so many people here that are so ready to give our children the foundations that they need in order to grow in the faith. On the first week of September, we're getting ready to start some programs in this church for children that I think are going to transform the lives of the children in this church. We're going to have three new age groups of Sunday school classes 
for children. We're going to have a youth group. We're going to have youth Sunday school. We're going to start confirmation. We are going to start planting the word of God in our children so that they will have Jesus Christ in their hearts by the time they're 18 years old and able to start making decisions for themselves in the way that they want to live their lives. We have no greater responsibility in this church than to educate each other and to educate our children. And I see in so many of the parents here a passion for taking that responsibility and making it a reality in this church. And for those of you who don't have children, would you please be in prayer about the future of where we're going to go with these programs? I know God is going to do great things, but God does great, great things through prayer. And so even if you don't have kids, would you join with the church in expressing through prayer the responsibility that we have and the ownership that we as a church are going to take of educating our kids. We have just a few weeks to go. A few weeks to go until these dreams, these goals, these visions for the church become reality. I know most of you are as excited as I am to start this. I hope all of you are as excited as I am to start this. We have to do it and we have to do it well. We have to do it well because we have to make sure that we're giving the kids the tools they need to live as Christians, not just for the next 18 years or however many years it is for your kids, but for their entire lives. So let's grow in God's word as a community and let's transmit that word to the little hearts of the children in this church. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you have given us educators And I thank you that you have given us an ability to comprehend your creation in ever greater ways. Your your creation, the study of your creation, it's an inexhaustible thing. We could study forever and still never get to the point of understanding all that you have done. But Father, you have condescended to give us some truths, things that we can comprehend, and we have a responsibility to share those with our children. And so, Father, as Corridan United Methodist Church embarks on a new mission, on a new future in which we are giving our children the opportunities to grow in the faith through education, I pray that you would bless it, not just for us, but for these children so that they can glorify you. Help us always as a church to disciple our children, to disciple each other, to educate each other, and to grow in faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.